Life Jitsu, Art of Life, live from Las Vegas. We got, what, 87, sunny, Saturday, breezy. I'm in the car right now, driving. I'm going to head out and get a walk-in, get a daily walk-in, collect my thoughts, a little meditation, a little mindfulness, a little ventilation, a little motion therapy. It's essential. I think, what was it, Henzo Gracie, the the jiu-jitsu and martial arts legend once said, basically, if you can't take an hour out of every day for yourself where it's just about you devoting to yourself, then something's wrong with your life. And he's right. No matter how busy you are, you need to make time for that self-love every day. It's got to be a ritual. And I mean, for me, honestly... I'm just meant, my body is meant to be run every day. I love to exercise every day. I understand the Sabbath and rest days and the biblical implications. and But uh, I love to work out every day. Of course, I do it at different levels, right? I don't, I don't run my body hard every day. I'm getting older. I tr- the older I get, the more it's about train smarter, not harder necessarily. I pick my spots. I still get after it. There's days, I mean, this last week or two, I've had so much testosterone, so much power, so much empowerment, so much motivation pumping through me. I'm in the gym. I'm like a kid. I mean, I'm so youthfully exuberant. I'm so amped. And I don't drink energy drinks. At most, I'll drink a cup of coffee a day. Every now and again, I'll have a green tea, a black tea. So two two caffeine sources maybe I do take some of the maca sometimes I wonder if that's jacking me up I have to take some bone broth that's supposed to be good for the testosterone lately I've been sleeping five five and a half hours a night so and I'm still rejuvenated so that's a that's a great thing so here we go we're going to get a walk in we got to go to a wedding ceremony a lot of weddings right now right April is like wedding season so we're going to drive to that that's always a good time right love's always in the air everything that's like the most positive place you can go right is either a childbirth or or like some wedding ceremony or wedding shower so been a lot of that uh what's at the top of my mind I posted a video where I did pull-ups I don't post a lot of my workout stuff and maybe I should do more of it because maybe people want to see um hey this guy's talking about age defiance and empowerment whatever does, is, is he real? Does it work? Is he strong? Is he weak? Is he is he what? Right? People want to see like, hey, where's the proof of the pudding? Where's the proof of concept? So, I decided while I'm while I'm still strong, I better start videoing some things, maybe some push-ups, some dips, some pull-ups, etc. So I was just doing bicep pull-ups, and I worked out. I did, I guess, twenty, maybe twenty-five to thirty different exercises yesterday at the gym. And my final set, it was my sixth and final set on pull-ups. And I did 24 pull-ups. And so I posted it. What was interesting is when I posted it on Instagram and my social media accounts, as I was uploading that video of the pull-ups, I noticed my form. And in my mind, whenever I do those pull-ups, I always feel like I'm going completely down and I have good form on the pull-ups. Of course, the best form would be go to the very bottom, pause, no momentum, and then pull up, right? That, if you wanted to be really strict about it, you could say that. But 
So even when I do them fast, I'm like, well, I'm not going, I'm not going to go to the very bottom and then stop. I'll just do them fast, rip them out, bang them out. And I felt like I had good form. And when I watched the upload of the video, I could see, wow, I didn't, I don't go down as deep as I think. I mean, there's still, I'm probably going down 80% or so of the way on my pull-ups. So definitely a deeper, more quality pull-up than the vast majority of people. Most people, I mean, are doing, they're going halfway down, maybe 50% of the way down or less. And they're just, right, they're just, just like everything. I mean, if you go and you walk around your gym and you watch people do anything, you watch the human ego at work, and you'll see very few people have strict great form. And a lot of that, we just want to be as strong as we can be. And so it doesn't matter if if there's a little bit of cheating there, if there's extra motion, whatever. People do a tricep push down. They want to lean as much weight. They're using their abs. They're using their shoulders. They're not isolating the tricep, right? If you, you really isolate, let's say, on a tricep extension, tricep push down, if you really isolate it, it's amazing how heavy the thing is. If you're just dinosaur elbows pinned into your sides and you try to do those, those tricep push downs, I mean... 40, 50 pounds can feel like a lot when you start getting to rep six, seven, eight. So that's a big difference. Most people, we, we swing, we use our abs, we use our shoulders, and we don't really hit the triceps quite as well. Well, same thing on the pull-up, right? Most people's form is terrible. Anyway, I always thought I had good form, and I'm watching the video, I'm like, wow, I got to like brush up my form. I'm, I'm going 80% of the way down. I think that those pull-ups would qualify with even with like, Guinness Book of World Records. I mean, look at some of the bench press records, right? Like people, some of these, have you ever watched the world's strongest man or the, or the, the, the bench press records? I mean, it, you know, the guys and the girls are arching their backs. They have the, the, all the tight shirt on and they're bench pressing the thing that people that are the strongest bench pressers are bench pressing the thing. Like I'm exaggerating, but like six inches or eight inches. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. They're moving a lot of weight, but they're moving at six or eight inches. They have no arms and bam. And oh, well, look, and, and it's just, it's very boring to watch, actually, right? Because these are not long-armed people, usually. And so when I posted, when I uploaded that video, hey, I'm getting ready to be 46, and no HGH, no TRT, no steroids, and that's just my way. If you have a different way, it's fine. But none of that, all natural, organic tank, here you go. This is, you know, this is what I'm pushing around these days. This is what I'm up to. Well, one of my buddies, he's in Britain, He's a, I believe he's a vegan. He's super into fitness. I believe he owns his own gym franchise there or his own gym, works with clients, etc. Mindful guy, conscious guy. And he says, uh, you know, how many can you do with correct form? And I'm thinking, well, I'm well aware that I didn't have perfect form. I watched it. I uploaded the video. I'm a, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very aware person. I'm, I'm, I have a, I'm, I'm aware of details and uh, so I'm, I'm aware of details and I pay attention to stuff. And so, of course, I knew that. Of course, I knew that. So when he said that, I'm thinking, um, well, how many people do you think can do 24 even with incorrect form? I mean, how many people out there do you think you know of any age? How many people are doing 24 pull-ups last set? My set before that, I did, I, I, I did pull-ups with 60 pounds, 60 pounds attached to me for five reps, 80% of the way down. So that, that was the set before the 24. How many people do you know that could do that? They're going to they're gonna attach 60 pounds to them. Then they're going to do 24 pull-ups 
at 80% down, pretty deep down, not a full lock, not a full pause at the bottom. I mean, there's not many. You're not going to meet the vast, vast majority of people on planet Earth, even incorrectly, they're, ne- they're never going to see north of 20 pull-ups. They're just not. And then it got me thinking, right, the strictness of, hey, you don't have proper form and this armchair quarterbacking. And again, this guy is an enlightened person, good guy, peaceful guy. Um, he's, not a, he's not a jerk or anything like that. But I, it still got me thinking. You have armchair quarterbacks out there, and you say, my God, if you were to just to criticize the way most people walk, because I was thinking, man, you think my pull-up form is bad. Actually, my pull-up form is probably better than, than 98% of people's pull-up form. Um, I'll bet you it is. You think my pull-up form is bad. You should see my handwriting. You should see me walk. You should see me do a bunch of things. I mean, we all, it got me thinking. Most people don't walk properly. If you wanted to be a, a, a Nazi, a posture Nazi, a posturist, and you want to be a nutritious, a nutrition for most people, 99% of people, including people who think that they're Jedi's in nutrition, are not. If you want to really be strict and pure about a lot of things, my God, there's very few masters, there's very few people in the world doing anything correctly. If you have an ideal and you have perfection and you compare people to perfection, almost everybody fails in almost every endeavor, almost every movement, almost everything. Most people are not doing something right. They're doing it part of the way right, three quarters of the way right, but not right. Because most of us are work in progress. Even those of us that are high functioning in a lot of areas, nature's balance, we are all flawed. Those of us that are super talented, super gifted in a lot of areas are usually really flawed in a lot of areas too. We fail more than everybody else. So it got me to thinking like, wow, I mean, we're all every day. I mean, if you want to, if you want to do that and you want to be like a, you know, like a strict ballet coach or something, right. Or you could go and just take that approach and just be like, wow, but this is correct. What's correct. Right. What is correct. It's easy on a pull up. Cause it's like, we'll go all the way down. What's correct. How strong is Frank if people are correct and there's no steroids, or are steroids correct? Is HGH correct? We could have a philosophical discussion. Is that correct? Is, should that be allowed? Does that count? If they're not correct, if steroids and HGH aren't correct, then how strong am I compared to everybody else? Even if I did 15 correct all the way to the bottom pull-ups. What's correct? What's a correct diet? What's correct handwriting? Right? It depends on who you ask. It's relative. Right? What's a, what's a, you can ask the question of, I mean, again, one of my favorite things with Heraclay is the philosopher. You can't step in the same river twice. You look at the matter, you observe any matter, it depends on the observer. Are we talking, who's, who's observing it? Two-year-old? A five-year-old? A 90-year-old? Someone who's senile? Someone who's lost their mind? Someone on drugs? Someone on high, high ayahuasca? Who's observing it? You can get many different answers for anything. So what's the right thing, the correct thing? I like to think that I know when I spend my time trying to do things the right way, trying to have really good form, I thought I had really good form on those pull-ups. But then I looked at them and I was like, wow, I don't go down as deep as I, I wanted to. But then I thought, well, if we were to say, again, anything that I do, walking, writing, everything, um, the way that I 
organized, whatever. We could just have a field day with almost all of us on everything. We could. Because we would be like, wow, most of us are not doing it right. And by right, I mean perfect. Because perfection tends to be elusive. And even if you get perfection, you play a perfect round of golf, you have a perfect day on the mats, it's hard to duplicate because you get in that mental zone. It's hard to be in those zone. By the way, I just saw begin work zone. That's serendipity right there. I'm driving. I just said zone. You get in that zone. Love when that happens. You get in that zone and then you see zone cones while you're driving in construction zone. But you get in that zone, but it's, it's hard to duplicate. It's like a magic that happens. Trust me, I'm a perfectionist. Got me thinking I'm a perfectionist. I want to do things perfectly. And I've been paralyzed by perfection before because nothing was good enough. Nothing I wrote every, most everything I write sucks. I mean, most of it sucks. If you're a writer, good writing is, is about rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. You want to be a good writer? That's it. The key to it is rewrite, keep rewriting. And so that perfection, 90% of everything I write It's just junk. It's trash. And so the process of good writing is going, writing and writing and writing. You you write all this stuff, 90% of which is trash in order to find the 10% or 5% that's treasure, that's worth keeping. It's the same thing when I make a song. If I make a song, songs just come to me mostly out of thin air, by the way, God-given. And I'm actually, I believe, I believe I'm very good at music. I don't care what you think because it's not your skill and it's not your, it's, it's my own expression. It has value to me if it has no, no value to anyone. I've never made any money off of it, but, but I make music out of thin air. And when I do that, the process by which I do it, I normally have to play around. I have to float on top of lyrics, have to play around, find a hook, find a soft spot in the song, find 10 or 15 seconds to build around. Once I can find those 10 or 15 seconds, we're good. And I can make the song then. And I, it's weird. I, by the way, I have a different relationship with, with writing a song and writing a magazine story or a news story or a website story or media materials. I have a much different relationship. I am a perfectionist if it comes to writing something for a magazine, something for a website. When I worked in newspapers, when I worked for the Ultimate Fighting Championship, I was very much perfectionist and it used to drive me crazy because I always wanted to be original and I always wanted to outdo everything else I did and it's hard. It's hard to just constantly reinvent the wheel when you're writing. And so that used to drive me crazy but music has been so different because music, I just go stream of consciousness. I don't judge it as much. I just enjoy it and I relax a lot more. I don't try to be as much of a perfectionist in music. I just use it as expression I just use it to empower me, to uplift my soul, to raise my vibration, to ventilate, and I just have fun with it. And when I write in music, I write, when I write as a writer, my nature would be to try to write something sophisticated, something eloquent, something original, something with incredible flow. When I make a song, the lyrics are very simple usually. Um, I'm still good with wordplay and I'm very good with hooks and I'm good with phraseology. But I try to be a lot more simple in song, and I like that, and, and, it, and, it, and it eases me, and it relaxes me, and I don't feel the same burden when I, writing, um, writing a story, or writing for a website, or writing for a magazine, or a book, 
or promotional materials. Very fulfilling when it's done, but the process to me is very grueling. It's very torturous. You have to sit down for long periods of time. There's a lot of solitude. It's lonely. Um, Most of what you write is junk, so you have to rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. So it's a very tedious, laborious task. Making a song just comes out of thin air. You know, divine inspiration strikes, bam. And that's wonderful. Just to have that just come out of you out of nowhere, just spontaneously. It's wonderful and it's simple. And yeah, I've never sold... My songs have never sold. Doesn't mean they won't, but they never have. I, I didn't want to be a starving artist, what I call starving artist syndrome, where you can be phenomenal at singer-songwriting. You can be phenomenal playing an instrument, and you can easily starve. It's an easy space to starve. It's very much a, a rotten industry full of a lot of exploitation and manipulation and trickery, etc. A lot of promises made, usually promises broken. So it's it's just a lot of reasons to just stay away and not go all in. I never wanted to go all in. I don't regret that. So starving artist syndrome is out there. It's real. You could be very easily be like a Van Gogh or even F. Scott Fitzgerald where you could create masterpieces and never make any money off of it, really. It's, very, it's a very easy space to starve. Um, so I just thought, well, it's not a good place to, you know, but I, I've been making songs since I was nine and, and I love that process. And I actually believe in the quality of what I do. I believe that that music helps me vibrationally. It's, it's one thing to listen to someone else's music and have it pick you up. I think it's more powerful when it's your music, your vibe, your soul, your words, your expression. And that to me is a distinction between regurgitation and innovation. I always, it's innovation over imitation. So you can read it or you can live it. I recommend you live it. Read it to the point where you learn how to think, not what to think, how to think, and then make it your own. Turn it into your own and innovate and, and, and inspire yourself. Don't wait for other people to inspire you and learn to inspire yourself. Learn to pump yourself up. Learn sometimes to be your own biggest cheerleader. You don't have to tell everybody, but, but that's, that's sort of how I think. So being original, fiercely original, that's something that runs through me. It's very hard in a world where it seems like everything's been done especially the generations now. Millennials, I love you. You, got, you do a lot of great stuff. There's a lot that I've learned from the millennials. There's a lot that's wonderful, but one of the things is just so quick to just, you know, just spam, just regurgitate and imitate. It's just, it's, it's, it's absurd. I guess that's a natural product of technology and everything being circulated. And so everybody, you know, and then what's worse is things get regurgitated, imitated, and then people act like it's the newest thing under the sun, the greatest thing. It's like, this is just old. This is so old. This has been around for ages. In fact, the versions of it we're getting now have been so babyfied and diluted that they're not even profound, but I have 30-year-old people and 20-year-old people trying to act like it is. I'm like, eh, not profound. That's been done many times. In fact, it's been expressed way better and way stronger and way more sincerity and way more depth. But anyway, that's that's a hard thing when you're an artist and when you start climbing the pyramid and you and you, you're climbing the mountain and you start awakening and, and getting more enlightened and going deeper down rabbit holes, you start realizing what's really high quality and what's not. And what's, what's unfair, it's a crazy thing in the, in the world, is that quality and popularity are often two different things. You can be super high quality and not be popular. You're, you can produce super high quality art that's ahead of its time or that just doesn't get noticed. It's, it's, it's out there, but it's, it's drowned out in a sea of just average stuff. I mean, if you look a lot of things are popular. They're very low quality and sad. That's a very sad um, law of our universe, really, where 
low quality stuff is very popular and you can make a lot of money and then high quality stuff you can still starve and many people do, many great artists do. So that's why I try to look beyond just how, how popular are you, how much money did you make and whatever. But but by the way, you know, we're talking about starving artist syndrome. It's it's interesting because I've been going down, I was an artist, and by the way, if you're an artist, fighter, musician, painter, etc. If you're an artist, what I would recommend personally is learn business first. Learn business young, learn business first. In, immerse yourself in business. Learn to make that money. And then when you're 30, 32, once you've got some money saved, whatever, hopefully some money coming in from your business endeavors, your entrepreneurial endeavors, then double down on your art. And So just you might be a late bloomer with your art, but that's a better, safer way because to try to make your living off of your art, it's such an easy place to starve. It's a bad idea. Um, try to make your money elsewhere. And I know that that doesn't always leave you as much time for your art, but, but keep that dream alive and you work on it on the side. And then once you start making a lot of money, then, and you create a little stage, a little platform, um, then maybe, maybe you, whatever, own a, you can open up your own art festival you're whatever but i call it the phenomenon is there's a lot of people out there and i consider myself one of their what i call a star without a stage you're a star without a stage and when you're a star without a stage you can easily starve so it's like in ufc you could be a great fighter but if you're not in ufc yeah you could be in one fc or bellator but the odds are at least if you're not in ufc yeah one fc could pay you really well bellator but it's an it's easy for for not anybody to know who you are i mean it really is like the you're in the UFC and you're and if Dana White and and their promotional machine gets behind you and, and Endeavor gets behind you and they're and they want to make you big and you've got some a little bit of it factor and you can win fights you could do incredibly well on the other hand you could be phenomenally gifted eloquent whatever have the it factor and you don't have a stage you don't have that UFC stage or it's really hard man you know it's really hard you you need a stage, a platform. So make your money and then simultaneously be creating that platform. Then boom, bam, introduce your art, weave your art into it. Open up that whatever, that, that online store you wanted, whatever, and, uh, and then go for it. So even me with my music, I'd like to make some, still make some viral videos. I'll have to pay for them. Uh, I'm not looking to go conventional channels with my music. It's a side thing, but, but, um, I would look to do viral videos and maybe if I had an athlete friend or something that, um, or a company and they said, look, we have a viral campaign. And if that viral video took off, then that song will be credited to me and the, and the associated artists. And that's a way to maybe get a little bit of a little bit of create a little bit of a stage for your art and maybe pop off that way rather than the more conventional route, trying to get signed by a label, um, and then having to worry about that sort of thing, and, and all of the shenanigans and so forth that, that can that can um, that are often involved in dealing with record labels and and that sort of thing. So um, anyway, with the interesting thing with even with you know I consider myself a nutrition artist by the way, and I'm I'm not a, a doctor, I'm not a certified nutritionist, I'm not. I'm getting ready to go outside here, so if uh, I'm hoping you can hear me. I'm hoping that it's not too windy. We have a lot of wind out here, and I'm going to continue on this thought of nutrition artists. Hold on one second. My apologies. you got to get some water every now and again on these 
That's huge. So along the lines of the nutrition artist, right? Not a doctor, not a nutritionist, not a dietitian. I often joke, but I'm like, you know, I have a lot of doctor friends and dentists and good people and all that, but I'm like, I often joke like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not a doctor, but I eat healthier than yours does, right? I'm not a doctor, but I'm, I'm stronger and I exercise more than yours does, most probably. So it's kind of ironic that these doctors are so, so trained and they have that doctor thing, and you're not a doctor, and you're not a doctor, and yet you're a doctor and you don't eat healthier than I. And furthermore, you don't know... Most of you don't know what to eat, what to be eating. Even the stuff that, that you're saying to eat is, is mundane. It's very low level on the on the pyramid. And there, there's levels to this whole to the whole nutrition hierarchy. So anyway, I consider myself a nutrition artist. It's it's formed over 33 years. 33 years of mostly what not to do. By the way, like everything else I've learned, because I'm hard-headed. I'm a hard, hard-headed guy. Grew up real stubborn. Growing up in Baltimore, people that should have loved you and should have been around weren't. No pity party needed. It's been a big advantage to me having that, having that that path of most resistance has been, it's been great for me. It's taught me a lot. But a guy like me who, who didn't necessarily trust authority very much say necessarily. I just didn't trust authority that much because authority failed me early. So I decided, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't very coachable. It was hard for me to find a mentor because I wasn't ready for a mentor. I just was like, I need to figure it out. I, if, if, if it's going to get done, I'm on my own. I have to figure it out. So I went the long road on everything. I apologize for that win. Terrible. I don't know how this podcast is going to come out. I really apologize. 20-some mile per hour winds. It's horrible. I was going to be cycling right now, but uh, I don't want to cycle these, these winds. When you, you know, when you have that wind in your back, you're good. And when you have the wind in your face, 20-some mile per hour winds, not fun. But I like to get this sun shining down on me for an hour. No sunscreen, maybe an hour, hour and a half. No sunscreen. I believe that sun empowers me immune system. It's great for you. Very intense sun here in the west. And I try to be well hydrated, etc. Got to work out in earlier. But anyway, back to the nutrition thing. So me, I was always been the guy. I always learned by trials, tribulations, and celebrations. And I just, I had to learn everything the hard way. So talk about living out of your comfort zone and making mistakes and just getting rejected and my life is just, I mean, I'll put the number of times I've failed at something and rejected, I'll put it up. I mean, it's going to be hard to outdo me. I'm telling you what. I've been smacked in the face, rejected, and failed so many times. It's amazing that I still think the glass is half full. It's amazing that I've been able to protect my smile, protect hope, keep a youthful exuberance. That's amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. And so with this nutrition art thing, that, man... How did I, how am I doing what I'm doing? And I'm the proof of concept. How did I do what I'm doing? Well, just all the ways not to do it. All the ways not to do it. And that's what really led me down the avenues to, okay, this is a way, way, way higher way to do it. And 
you have all these people out there, and their their biggest mistake is everything about weight loss. And that's all weight loss, weight loss, weight. That's all anybody wants. Everybody wants to be skinny, right? My, my, one of my buddies told me a Jedi. He, he's had a New York Times bestseller. He's been on Oprah. He said everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to be skinny, and that's why of all the things that I get solicited for, people people reach out to me for course of fit nutrition programs way more than I reach out to them to try and to try and get them to buy the program. Way more. I would say it's five to one. I get approached. It's the most accidental thing in my life is Forza Fit Nutrition Program. This is the, I, I never intended this. This was not designed. This was out of left field that people, it still boggles my mind that people reach out to me, send me messages, email me, and that, that number is growing and I'm very grateful for it. But it surprises me because really the nutrition stuff was mainly just for me. I just wanted to be age-defined. Somebody asked me today, a guy emailed me, Eduardo Herrera in Texas. I believe he's an MMA fighter. Hello, Eduardo. Thank you so much for listening. One of the few listeners I have right now. We're going to grow this thing. Eduardo there from the beginning. I believe he's a Will Campazano student. Blue belt in jiu-jitsu, I think you are, Eduardo. Um, Will Campazano fought in the old World Extreme Cage fight. He's a pioneer. Very tough guy. Take a, take a lick and keep on ticking. Guy would just keep coming. Scrappy guy. Anyway, Eduardo Herrero emailed me. What's my why? My number one why right now, brother, is age defiance and staying alive. I said, I'm healthy as an ox. I'm strong as can be. And if you were to measure me on many metrics and my cholesterol and my organs, my function, my muscularity, my power, the way I look, if they were to have a total measure, and I've had life insurance policies that test me for stuff, I'm going to be off the charts on almost, in almost every category. I'm going to be rate really, I'm going to score really high on a how young and strong and uh, testosterone and all that. I'm going to score really high, guaranteed, and I know how I, how I feel. But I had one glitch in the system, I had blood clots. Got them since I was 19 years old. Bypass on the right leg, 27-inch scar on that leg. Nothing to play with. You start getting one blood clot, then you get another, then you get another, then you get another. And they go past your leg. They go past your knee, I'm sorry. Those blood clots go past the knee. It's a problem. It's scary. It could break off, go to the heart, pulmonary emboli, boom. Next thing you know, they're talking about, oh, yeah, he was the healthiest guy I know, and now he, oh, he just died of a heart attack or a stroke, whatever. So that fear was there. I'm like, man, I mean... I was getting those blood clots, and that was, and and it was you know life threatening. In addition, it was cutting into my time training because I'm like I have to miss time to wait for that thing to go down. They're painful. There's a lot of inflammation there, swelling, and if someone presses on it, and it, it would increase the likelihood that it breaks off, then you have problems. So it was interfering as well with something I love very much, namely my jujitsu and wrestling and MMA training. So that was it. That that blood clot, though, that was like, hey, I need to stay alive. So then I started to go down the rabbit holes of like, well, wait, what can the experts tell me? The doctors, the scientists, the researchers, what do they have to say? How do I reverse this? How do I deal with this? Well, it, you go through a lot of processes. For, oh, well, put him on Coumadin, put him on a blood thinner, whatever, whatever. Hey, he can get a stint insert a stint in him and, and, and the stint will do this and so you get all these things oh maybe just operate try to go in there and and, and um, 
with clot busters and this, that, the other. So there, you just you explore a bunch of of options, and most of them, the vast majority of them, I didn't like them. Like the conventional solutions to my blood clots, like Coumadin and these blood thinners, and for someone who re- keeps recurrently getting them. Like, no, that would basically effectively end my jujitsu career, my, my training career, wrestling. And I'm like, I'm not cool with that because you would bruise out. You could die. You could bleed. You could bleed to death if you're on those blood thinners and you were training. You got kicked in. You know, there's so many things. You get kicked accidentally. You get elbowed accidentally. You'd have big problems. So it would basically end my career and, in addition, age me. Anytime you're taking medication. And I, and some of you are so bad off, you might need medication. I'm not here. I'm not your doctor. And I'm not going to get myself legally in trouble. So you do what you think is in your best interest. If you have a magic pill mentality or you're in such a bad spot where you need emergency medication or whatever, hey, go for it. If I had an emergency with myself or a loved one, I would get myself to an ER. And yes, I would rely on modern medicine. There is a time and a place for modern medicine. There absolutely is. And some of the doctors out there do some wonderful work. And some of them are caring and do wonderful work. But I would say, generally speaking, in my opinion, our health care system is very broken. A lot of the patients are are not only failing themselves, they're being failed by the system. And when you have a magic pill mentality where, oh, just get yourself in trouble, get yourself in bad situations, and they'll just write you a prescription that's that's not that's not an organic tank mentality. That's not my mentality. I, I I don't. You start taking a pill. Oftentimes, you trade one problem for five new ones. The domino effect, right? So now you've improved one problem, but you got five new ones popping up. I don't like that. I like long-term solutions. I don't even like management. Prevention's the best, but when you can't prevent, I'm into solutions. I'm into permanence, not temporary. So for me, the, the, the regular options out there for these blood clots, for improving my vascular health, for protecting my career, protecting my life, being there to see my son grow up, being there to see my son get married, go to college, etc. It's like, wait, I mean, I need to, I need to go deeper down this rabbit hole now because I've got the conventional approach, the mainstream approach is not going to work. So then I've got to go to the fringe with those doctors and those researchers and those scientists, and I've got one group of scientists saying one thing, and then I've got another group saying another thing, and then you got other ones saying another thing. That's where it really gets tricky. Where it really gets tricky is when you start saying, okay, I'm going to do what the experts say. The experts may have a solution. Because what's tricky is, okay, define expert. Which experts? Who's the expert? All these different doctors are saying different things. Who do you believe? Who do you, you're, you become a referee. You become a human lie detector. That's the really tricky part. And that's why I charge people for the program. I charge them because good luck. If you want to go out there and you want to do all the research I do, you can, you can go to Google. You can get tons of information tomorrow. Everybody and their brother thinks they know diet and nutrition and health and wellness and fitness. Every, it's a huge industry. Everybody swears they know it. Everybody's an expert. Here in Vegas, everybody, there's tens of thousands. I'm a trainer. Everybody in Vegas on the side is either a realtor, I'm getting my real estate license, or they're a fitness trainer life coach, right? We have 320 days of sunshine and 
we're close to California, and all of the wellness trends and consciousness and mindfulness and all that stuff is California just churns that out just like they do technology, and they do a great job of that, and most of the trends here in America like that, the wellness and consciousness and mindfulness trends, a lot of those trends move west to east, they move from the west coast to the east coast, a lot of media trends, like, you know, the business that I've been in for century, I apologize for that wind, a lot of media trends work east to west, because the, the media in the east is, is just a Goliath. You got more talking heads and pundits there, they've been doing it for a long time, and they're great at it, that's where I'm from. Uh, this podcast thing I'm doing, I'm born to do this, this is not a, a chore for me, I was born to do this, this is in my blood, it's just, we're calling it a podcast, oh, it's a podcast, it's just talking, this is conversation, this is deep thinking, this is what I do, this is what I was born to do, it's only a podcast because we have a medium to record it, and we have different mediums to, to, put, to put that information out to the world, which I'm playing catch up on that. But as far as talking, heck no, man. This is, I'm born to do this. I'm going to do this top of the pyramid. Believe that. We're going we're gonna to master this. So, but anyway, everybody and their brother and sister is, is a nutrition expert now, right? So, that, that, that makes it even trickier for you to do because everybody thinks like, well, I can just eat salads and if I just stop eating fast food, I'll be, I'll be uh, healthy, don't work like that. You'll be healthier than you are now. If you eat less crap, you'll be healthier than you are now. But most of you, listen, you have 40, roughly 40% of people overweight, I'm sorry, obese, and roughly another 30 to 35% overweight. You have three quarters of American adults that are in a bad way. So you can stop eating. If the fast food dried up tomorrow, and everybody started exercising more, that doesn't fix the, you will improve, you'll be a little, you'll be healthier, you'll be less sick, but that's not top of the pyramid stuff, I'm not interested, I'm interested in top of the pyramid, if you're interested in the other stuff, yeah, go hire whoever, even people, oh, they have a degree, they have a this, whatever, they have a six pack, that don't mean anything to me, people that I learned, the stuff I've learned from, the experts that I've found, most of them don't have six-packs. They don't have six-packs. If you're looking for six-pack people, you're looking usually at people that use, they don't tell you the secret sauce. They're using steroids, they're using, you know, they're using uh, HCG, using whatever, uh, HGH, TRT, whatever, and a bunch of other stuff. And they got their, their six-pack abs, they have, a lot of them are genetically blessed too, and so they have you thinking, Hey, it's like, this is how you're going to get results. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Some of the real Jedis in this space that I found, they don't have the six-pack abs. They're in decent health. They're in good health. They live a long time. Their brains are agile. They have mind clarity. But they don't look like I do. But they've went deeper down the rabbit hole. And they all have flaws too. Everybody, every, even the smartest people you'll meet in this space, have there's flaws and weaknesses in their arguments and in their research. Nobody knows everything, right? We're all still a work in progress. We're all still trying to figure it out. But that, I'd say, is the, that is the, one of the tricky things about this. And that's why people pay me good money. And that money is going to go up, by the way. I'll be charging a lot more in the next couple months. And why? Because I realize a lot of what people are doing out there, it's baby, it's baby versions. 
they're just regurgitators. They get they, they, they follow some popular people, they read a few books, and they think, well, a salad of this and some quinoa and some chicken breast and some turkey and oatmeal and and whatever and some steak and a potato and a banana and then they're good, right? Doesn't work that way. Is a lot more to the equation. A lot more to the equation, especially if you're like me and you will, and you like to eat. You know, Mike Dolce told me that years ago. Mike Dolce of the Dolce Diet. Guy's worked with a lot of elite fighters. Never had one miss weight. He knows what he's doing. Does a very good job, and he's he's growing. I mean, he makes me. I'm a baby. That guy's crushing it. And he's very passionate and very sincere. Like him a lot. Going to be on his show, by the way, on his podcast on this coming Wednesday. I think it's what May third, ten a.m. So grateful. He, Mike's always treated me well. But anyway, he told me years ago. He said, "Don't count calories. Then it's for the fighters. Don't count calories." And he's right. Always stuck with me. Simple advice. He's right. You cannot have a diet that is designed. Where you're counting calories. You can count calories in the short term just to have an idea of how much calories are in certain food. Hey, I'm eating, I'm trying to eat a 4,000 or 5,000 calorie diet, whatever. You might want to have a general idea. You need to get to a place. If you're going to have sustenance, if you're going to have sustainability, which is essential, you should be thinking long term about your nutrition. You cannot think in the short game. You have to think the long game. When you think of the long game, sustainability is huge. That's where most people fail. Most people will fail on their diet within two years. They will gain the weight back and have a higher, even higher body fat. It's a sustainability game, folks. It's a long game. The only way you're going to get that is, as Mike Dolce told me years ago, don't count calories. Your diet cannot be about denying yourself. It cannot be about depriving yourself. Yes, there are certain foods you're probably just never going to eat. But you are going to eat and you are going to enjoy food. In my system and any other good system that people have out there, that has to happen. And I'm not talking, you know, again, you, you have to get away from processed foods. You have to get away from that too. Say, well, I'm eating healthier. I'm eating the, the spinach or the broccoli or whatever from processed foods. Eh, not down with that. You can always eat healthier. You can eat less crappy and be healthier. And hey, I lost 30 pounds. You can lose 30 pounds and still not be that healthy. Trust me. That's what I'm telling you. That's the, that's the rabbit hole. So when, when a guy like me goes down this, remember, I'm a researcher, I'm a journalist, I'm a writer. I'm trained as a researcher. I'm trained a philosophy major from the University of Maryland. I'm trained to go in and say, what's the flaw in this study? What's the flaw in this thinking? What are the 10 questions that should have been asked that weren't asked? And they weren't, an- therefore they weren't answered. Everybody, even the smartest Jedi that I've seen, including me, we all have some gaps. We all have like, hey, there's still things we don't know. Or we know, generally speaking, but we don't know because each individual is different. So everything, every nutrition program, everything has to be adapted to each individual. No two people are alike. We're different ages. We have different goals. We have different taste buds, different preferences, different addictions. Different, you know, some people are different, different pain thresholds. We're all different. You have to appreciate those differences when you design these programs. It's a lot. There are a lot of moving pieces. There are a lot of variables. Sure, I can do a program for you, and it can be a general principle, and it can work very well for you. But to do it and top of the pyramid and to optimize it, it has to be tailored. And it can take time. It can take months. People need to stop thinking, and this is all of life. 
You need to start thinking more like an Olympian. You need to start thinking more like an entrepreneur. Olympians think in four-year cycles. Entrepreneurs, generally speaking, think in five-year cycles. When you think in nutrition, you have to think in longer cycles. You do not think in, people think in 60 and 90 day increments. It's a mistake. It's a very short-term way to look. You have to look at the long game. You don't look at the short game. So that's why I'd say that a guy like me is different. That, that 60, 90 day stuff, I would call it even a gimmick. It works great for urgency, signing people up, getting rah, 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 getting people rah, rah up. But long-term, it's a fizzle. Long-term, it's, not, it's, not, it's generally not sustainable. So that's the difference. I'm really good at what I do. I can teach the game. I go deep down the hole. I believe I can differentiate and distinguish and identify the Jedis and identify, hey, these people here, the other people, who's lying, who's telling the truth? Who's telling the truth and who should be lower on the pyramid? That's the skill set. It's not just, oh, you go on there. Because even in the food, there's a hierarchy of the food. Say, what's real food? What's high-quality food? You have to, somebody has to go in there and say, okay, what are the higher quality food? Rank the foods. Which olive oil? Which coconut oil? Which ghee butter? Which supplement? Right? How much water? There's huge experts, huge disagreement on the water. Huge. How much water? Some people say a gallon, some people say two gallons. Some people say half an ounce for every, you know, every pound of body weight. Some people say, no, a, a full ounce for every, every pound of body weight. So there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of variables. Life is not, it's never so simple. We want to make it simple. I love the simple life. But when you go down these things, so I say with my Forza Fit Nutrition Program, and by the way, thank you for the people that do pay, because we just sold an, uh, another two and uh, in the last couple days. Again, I'm just starting out. I'm not Mike Dolce. I'm not humming. I'm not killing the game right now. And I'm doing this on the side accidentally right? But I'm getting ready to do a book. And what I would say is, um, I do, you know, I'm betting what distinguishes me from the others. I already just explained to you. And oh, by the way, I'm betting my life on this. This is not about the money because I'm going to make my money in other places. This was an accident. I'm betting my life on this program with the blood to heal the blood clots, to heal me. I'm betting my life on it. This is not about just, hey, buying my program, six-pack abs and that. This is way beyond that. My why is way bigger, Eduardo, to tell you. That's the why. I want to stay alive. I want to see my kid. I want to age-defy. I want people, I want to blow people's minds in 30 years, and they look at me like, holy mackerel, that guy is so young and so vibrant, and what? No, no TRT? No HGH? What? Make him take a test. There's no way. And I have different views than a lot of people. I haven't, and, and because I have different views, I have a more open mind than a lot of people. Oh, he's crazy. He's just lucky. He just hit the genetic lottery. Well, I didn't hit the genetic lottery with those blood clots. And by the way, this is the irony. There are a lot of people out there who have good genes and they're getting by as trainers because they just have, you know, they have the right curves and the right this, that, and the other. And of course, those people go out of their way, like the way that I see most people selling their nutrition programs, is they, they, they're in bikinis, they're in, they're, you know, you never see them with a shirt on, they want to show you everything, and some of them are really well built, but that's part of the sell, right, like there's a lot of like shirtless people and shirtless pics and bikini pics and six-pack abs and 
And that's very good sales tactic, right? If you have it, you have it flowing it, it sends the real people in and I don't do that. There you go look on my on my Instagram. I mean, there's probably a few of me shirtless after jujitsu. I think there's one, you know, every shirtless pick I have, and I have a couple up there on my Instagram, but they're post-jujitsu practices. They're not Forza Fit advertisements. Um, but what's interesting is, when I start talking about genetics, oh, Frank, you just have the, someone said to me, uh, the client, like, well, your just body is just designed to be lean. Whoa, 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 whoa. Says who? I'm more aware of my family tree not on, on my mom's side at least. Almost all of the Carreris, I'm Carreri Forza now, right? Changed my name, we'll get into that another time with Forza. So didn't, my dad didn't know my dad growing up and a lot's changed. So it's Frank Carreri Forza now, but the Carreri side, almost everybody's heavy. Hardly anybody's really fit in, in the family. Almost everybody's overweight. I got a cousin in jail who's super fit. He's in jail. Great guy. Super fit. I can't wait for him to get out. I hope him and I can work together. Bobby is his name. Great, great guy. Great guy. Made a few mistakes. Great guy. Super honest. He's super fit in jail. Everybody else got, you know, from overweight to obese to whatever. That's almost all the Carreras. I'm the only super fit one in the whole fam. So that should tell you something. I'm the outlier, the unicorn in the family, as far as that goes. So I don't want to hear Gene, 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 Gene's. No, 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 no. Go do a documentary on the family, on the Carreri fam. Plenty of overweight people, sick, you know, sick people, whatever. I did something different. I live super clean. I go, I'm into the Spartan life. I'm into age defiance. I'm in, I'm not cool with just sitting on the couch and just father time just kicking me over and saying, no, I'm not, I don't just tap out to that. I'm looking to always reinvent. I'm always looking for renaissance. I'm always looking to raise the bar. That is how, that is in my DNA. That's in my DNA. I've worked very hard for every curve, every muscle, the 32, 33 years in the grappling game and in the martial arts, sparring and competing in tournaments, hundreds of tournaments. I've earned these muscles. And if I stopped working out for four or five weeks, eh, I start getting softer. If I didn't work out for two months like some people, man, I'll get soft. I don't look like anything special two months of not doing this. I'm nothing special. Some of these people with great genes, they won't work out for two, three months. Some of them, I mean, a guy like Bo Jackson back when he was at Auburn, yeah, eating crappy food, was, was ripped and could, could run like a, a, you know, a gazelle. I don't have those kind of genes. I wasn't, God, I didn't hit the, the jackpot, the genetic jackpot. This is hard-earned stuff here. And I'm blessed and grateful that people consider me, uh, that they, I had a friend and she just hired me. And I've known her family for probably 12 years or so. They're great people. And she has a cousin, her cousin, who's been in the nutrition space for 20-some years, her cousin. And my friend said, she, she, she doesn't feel right now. She's at a low, you know, a low point. And one of the things, she's like, I just have to get it together, eating better, exercising, whatever. And so she said, I thought about going to my cousin. She thought about going to her cousin for, hey, write me up nutrition program, exercise program, etc. 
And then she had a conversation with one of her sons. She said, no, I want to go with Frank. I, didn't, I was not involved in the conversation, so I'm going to go with Frank. He's the guy. He knows all of that. He's the person you got to reach out to. So she hired me instead of her cousin. And what's interesting about this, she said, Frank, I don't want to put anything on social media that I'm working with you because I don't want to offend my cousin. And I said, that's fine. You don't have to do that. You just work in private. And that is flattering. That made me feel really good that she puts her trust in me. She has a cousin there who's blood. She could have went in that direction. But I'm very blessed that people look at me in that regard and they say, look, this is a person that's passionate. He lives it. He's not just reading it. He lives it. He knows what he's doing. Even though I'm not a doctor, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm a nutrition artist. I'm just someone, I'm like a Gustamato coaching a Mike Tyson. I've just been at this a long time and I know all the ways not to do it. And I'm, and I'm a researcher and I got a keen, I got an eagle eye for this is the flaw in this, this is the flaw in this. I'm not perfect, I'm still figuring it out. In one year, I'll know a lot more than I know today. We're all still trying to figure it out. How many carbs per day? How many this? We're all still trying to figure it out. How much water? Which water? Which The best products? Biodynamic, non-GMO, conventional. Because you can get some conventional out there that might even be better. There's conventional out there, conventional produce, fruits, that sometimes is even healthier than the organic. But they just didn't go through the trouble of getting it organic certified because there's all kinds of stuff involved in that. You got biodynamic that's going to be that's coming up the pike that might be healthier than organic. And then you have beyond organic or you have levels of organic. So there's a whole bunch of stuff and I'm on it. I'm not just in this for the money and just to look good. I'm not in vanity's low. I'm here to stay alive, baby. I'm here to stay alive and thrive. That's my answer, Eduardo. I'm here to stay alive and thrive. And I'm looking to do to live a life, live a great life. And if I'm not a Jedi, if I'm not out front, that's fine. If it's God's will to say, hey, you be in the background. You'll be a Van Gogh. You'll be in the background. Nobody will know who you are. Right? It's okay. I'll be a Jedi behind Jedis. That's okay. I'm okay with it. But I'm going to take my gifts. I don't, I don't want to die with great music in me. I want to express everything that I feel is right and fair and good and high Natural high, top of the pyramid stuff, I want to pursue that. I want to chase that. That's what's in my DNA, that, that drive. Not to be better than other people, but to help people. To shorten your learning curve. Or you can fig- take a long time to figure it out like I did. Be hard-headed like I was. It's fine. I don't know everything, but I know a lot. And I know that if you listen to me, you'll know more of what to do, what not to do. You'll have an idea, uh, there's differences even when people know the same information, there's different levels of teacher. People can have the same information, but some of them just teach it better. They're just superior teachers. You find the voice, you find the vibration that's ready for you. One of my favorite sayings, my friend Peter and I were talking about, that which you are seeking is, is seeking you, grooming. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. If you're not ready for my level, whatever I'm teaching, Go somewhere else. It's fine. I'm not insulted. My bread is buttered elsewhere anyway. But if you do, if, if, if my sincerity, my authenticity, if that speaks to you, then hey, I'm happy to have you aboard. You're always welcome. 
If you're not into me, hey, he's too, he speaks too passionate. He's the East Coast guy, he speaks too fast, he speaks too passionate. It's all good, man. There's plenty, there's 7.5 or whatever billion people. It takes all kinds of personalities and characters to make the world go round and egos. We're all, we're, I'm a work in progress. And so, like I said, this is all a big accident for me. People are flocking to me. A flock of birds just flew overhead. I mean, that's good serendipity. And I'm going to be writing my book, and I'm going to do well. And on the side, I'll be selling a lot of nutrition programs. I'll sell books. I'm going to do my media thing. I'm going to do my music thing. And I'm just going to live a good life. And, I, and I'm going to keep going with this age defiance thing and staying alive thing. That's what it's about for me. And I want people to see me and be like, wow. I want to inspire people like, wow, 50 doesn't have to suck. 60 doesn't have to suck. And I don't need fake tan. It's a real tan right here. I'm in the sun. I don't need the TRT, the H. More power to you, by the way, if you want to use that stuff. I have nothing against people want to use TRT, HGH, HCG, whatever it is, plastic surgery. More power to you. It's not for me to judge. I cannot judge. I'm not you. You are an adult. You make your own decisions. You express. You do you. And I love people across. You got tats all over you, great. I don't have any, but if you do, great. That's working for you. If you smoke a lot of pot, I don't smoke pot. But if you do and that works for you and it's pain relieving and whatever, great. If HGH makes you feel like the most incredible thing in the world, and you're great. I'm just saying how I produce my results. That's all I'm saying. I'm letting the buyer see what's under the hood and say, there you go. You make your decision. If you use HGH steroids or whatever and you... You're more than welcome to use my program. Probably a benefit. What I'm saying is, the results I have are independent, steroid-free, HGH-free. Imagine if you are using those. Probably you're going to get even better results than if you follow the program of the steroid person who's, who's not even as strong as me anyway with their steroids. That's my point. That's why I mention it. Not to put them down or you know to tell them how to live their life. I'm... I'm a libertarian. You figure it out. If there is a next dimension, and if we are scored, if this is a proving ground, this dimension, then it's on you. You'll be accountable for that if there is one. Right? I think there is one. That's on you. You make your decisions. You go at your own pace. But I'm just here to, to try and, and show a little more of the deck and express what's in me to express and find the people with whom my message resonates. People that... that appreciate me, people that I appreciate, and maybe we can work together on things. So anyway, get ready to uh, pack it in. I got my hour, uh, probably got another 20 minutes here of the sunshine. So love to hear from you. Life Jitsu, Art of Life. This was a quick podcast. Website's www.frankieforza.com, F-R-A-N-K-I-E, forza.com. Email is frankie at frankieforza.com. Love to hear from you, feedback, etc. And this was helpful. We went a little bit, bit more into the, um, into the nutrition game. Remember, it's about I eat 9 at night, 10 at night, 11 at night. I do it regularly. And you can too, unless you put yourself in a real severe position. A lot of the diet stuff, just like a lot of life, just like sun, things should be done gradually. A lot of us, food and other things, we have physiological, psychological addictions. Food, sugar, a lot of things. 
And so when you're going to change things, if you want permanence and you want sustainability, you've got to be gradual. And then when I say gradual, those changes could take months. They might even take years for some of you. And you have to sign up for that. You have to start thinking of the long game. You have to start thinking about sustainability. All of these trainers, fitness people, nutritional gurus, regurgitators, most of them, they have framed all of this 